Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. I'm Liam, your host, and this is our divisional round preview. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Patrick. Patrick, mate, best weekend in football. Uh, best eight teams are supposed to be left. How uh, excited are you for this weekend? Yeah, it's hands down the best weekend. If you remember uh, last year, we got Chiefs Bills, didn't we? And everything else just was a, a compliment to that. So I'm expecting one or two of those type of uh, thrilling games, to be honest. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, a Bills Chiefs level game, would you? That'd be uh, yeah, that'd be special. Like Feels like the Bills have got a big chance to uh, to be involved in one. Uh, we'll see. Um, plan for today, as always, we'll talk about the the games, preview the games, um, pick the spreads and totals as well, like we did last week. Um, but before then, kind of first of all, I want to touch on last week? We finished uh, five five, mate. We ended up tying up because I picked the the Bucks. And you picked the, the Cowboys in the evening. So uh, we are tied up after one weekend. So we go in all square. Uh, Cowboys did you a favour for once. <laughs> yeah, they did, yeah. Uh, we didn't really talk about that game. Um, so quick 30 seconds, I guess. On We'll talk about the Cowboys later. But from a Bucks point of view, um, pretty disappointing. They fired uh, Leftwich. They're going to keep Bowles, which I'm quite surprised about. Um, and it feels like Brady could leave. Could we see a bit of a kind of reset this summer for Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, I don't know where that sits. And to be honest, they're going to need to kind of get into the QB market. In no way Brady goes back. I, I don't think, obviously, he's got the opt-out, hasn't he? So for me, it, he's not going to uh, be back there. Yeah, interesting keeping Todd Bowles. I'm not sure kind of what the roster makeup is going to be next season for them. Obviously, players like Levante David as well probably played his last game as a Buccaneer. So. Yeah, I saw that, that. He signed a jersey, didn't he? To his barber, yeah. but like thanks for the memories or something. So that's interesting. Um, older player in relation to, to the rest of the NFL, um, and they got a lot of players on big money. I think so. I think they're going to be forced to move some, aren't they? Just financially, I don't think they're going to be able to 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 kind of make it work. So I know it doesn't matter if Brady leaves or if he retires or if he leaves, they're going to have like a twenty-three million dollar cap hit next year for him if he leaves. If he retires, it's fourteen million. So I think either or they're probably going to have to trade some players, aren't they, to make room? Yeah, they are, and uh, kind of back to the reset. Three years of Brady, one Super Bowl, it was probably worth it. <laughs> so, be, yeah, true. Yeah, probably yeah. probably be bad next year, but uh, yeah. Yeah, they won every. Uh, they won the Super Bowl with uh, going away, didn't they? As well, every game before the Super Bowl, and then won the Super Bowl at home. So, yeah. if you're a fan of the team, that's there's not pretty much more you can ask for there, is there? To be fair. Um, so, yeah, pretty special time for him. Um, we'll talk about him more in the off-season, but any inkling on what you think he does? Like, where does he go? Does he play? Does he not? I mean, to me, it seems like he's going to play again, right? He's flirted with the retirement thing last year. That was obviously more kind of manoeuvring in Tampa Bay. And then, obviously, he's split from his wife now, hasn't he? And that was, you know, I'm sure the playing... Can't continue playing into your mid forties. Perhaps was a contribution to that. For me, it feels like he's going to play again. I don't know where. I, I, I personally wouldn't have him for any NFL franchise if I was kind of in charge. Yeah, I just think he's his time is well past. I mean, it's unprecedented age, isn't it, to be in the NFL? Yeah. I wouldn't personally um, entertain him, but somebody's going to, and that somebody could very well be <laughs> Las Vegas. I was <laughs> <laughs> literally waiting for you to see if you were going to say yeah. Vegas yeah I feel like Vegas is a shout a lot of people said the Jets as well um, not quite sure on the Jets depends how much he does actually hate Bill <laughs> um, but yeah I feel like Las Vegas is a good shout San Francisco as well probably a good shout if they don't win this weekend if they win this weekend then <clears throat> they've got I mean, probably the Brock just because the absolute chaos it would be that the fact that they'd have Brady Brock Purdy who's obviously won all these games and Trey Lance who you traded a bucket full of picks for so that'd be <laughs> a nice bit of chaos yeah, then Jimmy G follows Tom to Tampa or something as well. Takes yeah. over from there just to add to the hilarious story. But yeah, um, yeah, not how they wanted the season to end, but it's been a pretty bad year for them. So yeah, I do think Brady's going to be back. I think I think he'll play next year, though. Not quite sure where. I think Vegas, same as you, but I definitely think he's going to play one more year. I don't think he's going to retire yet, but um, we shall see. Uh, cool. That's kind of last week. Before we move on to the exciting four games for, for this weekend, for the divisional round, um, we haven't really talked about kind of what they call Black Monday in the NFL, where uh, teams fire all their coaches. Uh, there's loads of OC and DCs, but we're kind of 
not going to talk much on them. The only one I wanted to mention was obviously Greg Roman allegedly mutually leaving um, the Ravens. That feels like a big move in their hopes to keep Lamar, so we'll keep track of that. Um, I know people criticise him for his lack of pass game, so hopefully this can help them to convince Lamar to stay and hopefully to, to get some good receivers. But um, in terms of head coaching jobs, there are five available. So we have the Broncos, Colts, Texans, Panthers and Cardinals. Um and I guess my question to you, mate, is which job do you think is probably the best job if you were a, if you were a candidate this year? Oh, I'd quite like to say Arizona, simply because you've got your quarterback locked down. I'm not sure at what kind of level I think that Murray is going to be in the future as far as how good he is. But you've also got a brand new GM there. So that, for me, seems like you have a bit of lead where you've got your quarterback locked down. I've always liked the Colts as an organisation yeah, as well. We've got a high draft pick. I think they're going to end up with one of the new quarterbacks. So that's obviously exciting, you know, if you're an offensive-type head coach coming in. So, yeah, perhaps one of those two. Yeah, I think it's a weird one because the Texans as well have obviously got a lot of space to make moves, but historically such a <laughs> such a bad franchise. That, but I guess all these teams are quite recent times are quite bad. Um, um, oh, I don't know. Because obviously you've got the Broncos as well, haven't you? And can they be as bad as they were? Last and they've year? they've arguably got the best roster, haven't they? On yeah, the... they have got the best roster. They've got a great defense and. But they have been got, terrible, really, since they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah, they have got a lot of young players as well, especially like you said, on defense. Um, I think for me, I might lean. Yeah, I think it's Arizona or Carolina. I would say um, just because I think Carolina, like we spoke about, since he's bought the team, that they've got an owner that wants to spend money, wants to win big. Um, they're in the top ten of the draft. They've got some really, really good players. Obviously, they've got an elite pass rusher in Burns. They've got an elite DT in Brown. They've got a couple of really good corners, elite wide receiver DJ Moore, um, and they've got a lot of cap space. Uh, that I guess, if they decide to use it this off season or the season after, that they'll be there. But um, yeah, for me, I think it's the maybe the Panthers, just because I don't know how Kyler Murray is going to come back from that knee injury. He's probably not going to play as he much next year. You'd think. Yeah, probably not. On the Panthers, I, I was looking at them the other day, actually, uh, reading an article about like this head coach search, and I just thought, oh, you really should have lost a couple of more games at the end of the season. Yeah, they should have, yeah. That is a that is definitely a factor. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> yeah, the, Cardinals, really the Cardinals have obviously have. got the quarterback and they lost more games at the end of the season. Yeah, they got a, Cardinals are going to probably get one of the two marquee defenders, aren't they, in the kind of where they sit. So, yeah, they really <laughs> just lost a couple more at the end of the season and put your pride away and not go for the division title. So <laughs> it's, you know, now we sit in the divisional round. It's like winning the NFC South feels like it doesn't mean anything anymore, does it? Because the Bucks got blown out anyway. So it's like now we sit here. The Panthers weren't going to be here this weekend, were they? So it's yeah, sure. I doubt it. more. They might have put up a better fight than uh, the Bucks did, but yeah, it doesn't feel like they'd have uh, they'd have won that game. Um, yeah, we'll see. They're the five kind of main jobs in terms of candidates. Just some general names to throw around. Um, Ajiro Evero, who's the Denver DC, big name being talked about. Mike Kafka, Giants OC. Sean Payton, obviously. Frank Reich. Um, D'Amico Ryans, the DC 49ers. You've got Shane Steichen, who's the OC. He's the OC, isn't he, for the yeah. Eagles? Uh, the Eagles DC. I've forgotten his name now. Yeah, Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon, yeah. He had an interview last year for the Texans. He's got another interview this year, so he's another name that, that people are talking about. Um Jim Caldwell, actually, and Dan Quinn as well. I've got job, job interviews. Obviously, Dan Quinn's defense has been amazing this year. So there are a couple of kind of veterans. Then Raheem Morris and uh, Eric Bieniemy as well, two people that have run, been a DC and OC for a long, long time that, that, that probably want another chance or a first chance. And then I just realized Brian Flores as well is the uh, next, the final name on the list who's had some inter- more than one interview. So, um, yeah, there's some good names there, mate. I think we're still probably leaning towards that young OCDC, aren't we, for most of the teams. But it does feel like at least one of the veteran coaches is probably going to get one of these jobs. I, I don't know if it's going to be Sean Payton now. I think he might stay away for a year now the Chargers and Cowboys aren't going to fire their coaches. But I do feel like we might see a couple of veteran guys come back into the league. Yeah, I think um, Dan Quinn 
deserves his second go around. He's been uh, it's been great for the Cowboys. So yeah, I would. Uh, uh, I don't know whether I expect or because you never really know what's going to happen, do you? But I would. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see uh, Dan Quinn get another go around. I feel like um, with head coaches, you kind of. You always get that second go around, don't you? Unless you're completely terrible, and you don't <laughs> really get, and you don't really get many more goes than two. So no. I feel like it's uh, maybe Dan Quinn's time. And I'm not sure about the Eagles guys, to be honest with you. I'm not sure about. Um, let's just say if Nick Sirianni left tomorrow, I'm not sure that I would want one of those guys as the head coach. So, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. I don't really know a lot about their leadership qualities. As I mean, Sirianni was not really known as a leader, and he's been. Fantastic yeah. in that kind of role, not just on the offensive side, but just in the leadership side as well for the Eagles. So, yeah, yeah he's yeah. almost had to learn it, I guess, a little bit, hasn't he? Which is the worry with some of the young guys, isn't it? Whether they're going to pick it up or not. But yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, you are right. They definitely seem to get another turn round. I think if Dan Quinn can uh, have a good weekend and stop the 49ers from scoring 27 points this weekend, like, my God, that's going to do a hell of a lot for your candidacy. I know people kind of forget that, don't they? That some of these DCs and OCs that are still left. I know they're trying to win their team the game, but it does prove a point, doesn't it? If you can come to divisional round, if you're the 49ers DC, if you're the Chiefs OC, if you're Dan Quinn, do you know what I mean? If you're still interviewing for these jobs and you put a, a good kind of performance on in the biggest moment, that can only help these people, can it, as the interviews kind of close out? Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you anymore. I, I'd expect D'Amico Ryan's probably to to yeah, get same. a job. So, yeah, the Sean Payton thing is so weird, obviously, because he has been interviewing, hasn't he? And, you know, you expect to have to give up this kind of draft pick. And I don't know, it, it feels more likely, uh, sorry, uh, less likely as don't the days know. go by. Do you not think? Yeah, I think he was a Chargers or Cowboys guy for me, I think. Yeah. I know the Cardinals he seems to flow with, but I think you'll have to waste a year. I know he's not he's not late 60s, is he? He's relatively young, but... Um, yeah, it does feel like you'll have to waste a year with Kyler Murray next year. I know you'll have another good draft pick, so maybe you get a top edge rusher this year and you get a top wide receiver next year. Trade Hopkins for a round two and you get an elite kind of guard or whatever. That can help your team, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think he's probably going to sit out this year and probably replace uh, Brandon Staley next year <laughs> would probably be my uh, would be my guess, but we'll see. Um the other one I wanted to mention in terms of retreads, it's not related to a head coach job, but I just found this funny with us talking about it doesn't really matter who you are unless you're terrible, you get another go round. The Jets actually did interview Nathaniel Hackett yesterday, mate. So what are your thoughts on uh, Hackett? Yeah, interesting. Well, that, that was for the OC job, I presume. It was for the OC job, yeah. And um, there was one report, I can't remember if it was the Washington Post, uh, that mentioned that one of the factors is that he could potentially bring Aaron Rodgers with him, which is exactly oh. Stop. Which is exactly what Denver said. And I just wanted to bring that up because I know how much you hated that storyline last year. <laughs> God, yeah, I have not seen that report, actually, no. So, uh, yeah, oh, my God. And um, just on a side note to that, I saw, so I can't remember what media member it was yesterday that said, oh, we're just about to enter the summer of Rogers. I was like, what again? It's like five years running or something. Now. It's absolutely ridiculous. We need something right. else to talk about in the summer. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to hold them hostage, mate. But yeah, he's also not ready. But he's also not ready to talk about his future yet emotionally. He's just not ready. So, okay. and then in the next sentence, he also said that he wants to see the left tackle back. He wants to see Randall Cobb back. He wants to see I can't remember the other guy's names. Um, what's the tight end called? Mercedes Lewis. He wants to see him back. He, and then there's two defenders that he mentioned that he wants to see back. And I'm like, well. If you're off, mate, why do you want to see anyone back? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he just wants up, yeah? to see Jordan Love suffer. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a strange one. We will end up talking about it in the summer, unfortunately, but we'll uh, try and put a quota on it where we uh, make a stand and say, right, we're not going to talk about it anymore until he actually leaves <laughs> or stays. Mate, he will be, I'm telling you right now, he will be back in Super Bowl week with something. I know he will for a fact. Whatever it is. <laughs> They pop up on Pat McAfee's podcast and say something during Super Bowl week. I can guarantee yeah. that. Yeah, probably will on draft weekend as well. Unfortunately, that seems to <laughs> that seems to be his mo. But uh, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a fun uh, fun summer for most things. Uh, a lot of cap space this summer. Loads of players that can get traded. Loads of quarterback movement. Um, and we'll try not to talk about Aaron Rodgers too much. Um, right. Anyway, Aaron Rodgers could not make the divisional round. As he, as he often can't. So let's stop talking about him and talk about these teams. Um, we'll go game by game. Talk about the matchups. Talk about the keys to the game. Uh, and then at the end, 
Uh, we'll try and not avoid our picks whilst we're talking, and then we'll pick uh, spread and total. We'll go in chronological order then, mate, and start with the the two one seeds on on Saturday. First of all, Jags at Chiefs. Um, let's get you to guess the spread for everyone. I always find that interesting. What do you think the spread is? Chiefs, obviously the home team. Minus eight point five. Oh, you got it right again. You're good at this. You got it right last time. Yeah, minus eight point five. The total is fifty two point five, which is the highest of the week by, in terms of total terms, quite a margin actually, fifty two point five. Um, obviously this is a little bit of a, not a rematch, but in terms of obviously two great friends, Doug Peterson, Andy Reid. I think Doug was his backup quarterback in Philly, wasn't he? He was his um, QB coach. He was quite a control coach. He was his OC, OC in Kansas City. Obviously, they know each other well. Um, apparently, it's now going to snow. It came out today. It looks like it's going to snow, so it's going to be a cold weather game. Um, what are your keys to this one, then? What, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about Doug Peterson going for it on every fourth down? Are we thinking about, did the Chiefs come out slow after the rest? Can Jacksonville play in the snow? What do you think is going to be the kind of initial big things you're thinking of before the game? Well, obviously, there's a reason why you're 85 favourites so for me I have to look at Jacksonville and obviously we could look at the game they played a little over two months ago and Jacksonville played quite well but the running game was non-existent so I mean Trevor played a mistake-free game he was 29 or 40 for 259 two touchdowns so that's a you probably yeah he he played well that game he's probably going to need to up his yardage slightly and he's going to need one of his guys Kirk went over 100 yards in that game but he's probably going to need someone to join him sort of thing kind of on on that level and Evan Engram was kept quiet in that game for me you just getting ETM wasn't in the game he only had like 60 something all purpose yards in that game and it's obviously way less than kind of what he's been producing in that last two months for me it's all about can the Jags get any Obviously, the Chiefs' uh, pass defense—it's not—it's not an elite level, is it? Certainly, it's no. not top five in the league at all. So it's—you know—you've got that chance. That for me, it's can you keep up and can you? You don't need to go for ridiculous decisions. You know, fourth and eight, <laughs> kind of from your own forty-yard line early in the game. You know, don't I think you might though. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you, mate. I, I I don't think I would do early in the game. If yeah. you if you're keeping it close early, you know you you might not need to do it. But yeah, it's converting your good drives into touchdowns. Obviously, it's something that's so simple to say, but you you need them to keep up with the Chiefs. So for me, it's on it's on the Jacksonville offense taking advantage of what is you know an average Chiefs defense, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. He's going to have to have a bit more kind of maybe explosive plays. You know, a couple of forty yard, thirty forty yard just to tick that. Yardage total probably into the 300. You'd probably say, wouldn't you? That if he if he had two touchdowns, 300 yards, and ETN had a bit more on the ground, that they'd be feeling like, okay, as long as we can get some red zone stops, they might keep the game close, win the game, you know. But yeah, exactly. I think it's all about getting getting those uh, stops, like you said, in the red zone, and maybe converting a few Chiefs field goals in. Keep it. Yeah. Uh, Trevor's got to play mistake free. You can't have <laughs> no turnovers. <laughs> I mean that that from last week. I'm telling you now, there, there won't be any um, 27-0 comebacks in the second half at Arrowhead Stadium for the Jags. So they yeah. need to get that out the. Uh, I don't know if that's out the system for last week. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I actually got a good question off that from one. Uh, before I talk about my keys, um, how many interceptions can Trevor or fumbles can Trevor Lawrence do, and the Jags still win the game? Is it zero or is it one? Or is it no, no, it's not zero. It's not zero. Um, for me, if your defense is playing well, you could maybe go up to two, but <laughs> the one would one would be the maximum. And if you know if it's that's in a bad field position, you know in your own in your own half, then even one is too many. If the Chiefs already have a lead and can then convert that, <laughs> so not yeah. seems seems unrealistic. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, I only say that because in the first matchup, the Chiefs had three turnovers. And I don't know if you remember this, the Jags actually, the Chiefs won the toss. And as you'll know, as an Andy Reid fan, he always defers, but the player actually did the wrong signal. (laughs) They sent one of the rookie corners out and the rookie corner said, we want the ball. So basically, Doug Peterson started the game with an onside kick. So the Jags had an onside kick and three turnovers and they lost the game by 10. 
So I guess my question to you was that, because the Chiefs still managed to beat them with three turnovers, one in the red zone as well. So it does feel like if the Jags have any more than one, I feel like the game could be an absolute blowout. So if you're a neutral, you want a clean Trevor Lawrence game, don't you? And you maybe kind of do want a little bit of, uh, I don't know, maybe a turnover or a a blocked pun or something from the Chiefs' point of view, because I think that could really spark the game, couldn't it? If If the Chiefs do maybe one turnover in the first half and the Jags have none, have a really good rush game in the first half, that feels like that's the way the game can stay relatively close, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. I would say also that the, the Jags are much improved. I mean, they fell to three and seven after that Chiefs game in November. So obviously they kind of went on a big winning run, didn't they? And and yeah. I think if you compare it to the kind of game that they need to have versus last week's wildcard games, if they can be in the same situation that kind of Seattle were, as in, you saw the celebrations in Seattle at half-time, do you know what I mean? They <laughs> felt like they'd won the game. That's kind of got to, they've got to be in that kind of zone for me, um, Jacksonville, to, to even think about, you know, winning winning the game late. Because, you know, the Chiefs are going to play all four quarters. So it's it's, it's an amount to climb. I, I mean, I feel like I don't want to write the, the Jags off because, I mean, I... I like you say, it is the best weekend in football. You're just kind of hoping for, as of just a neutral fan for four close games, I'm sure that no one wants to see the Eagles win 50 to zero against the Giants <laughs> like I do. Do you know what I mean? So it's... Yeah, exactly. Same, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And I think in terms of the game script as well, for the neutral, the Chiefs, like I said, if they win the toss, they'll defer. And I feel, feel like if Doug wins the toss, he'll probably start with the ball. And I just feel like the Jags probably just want to score on their first drive, don't they? Just to get that momentum, which I feel like is what they couldn't do last time. Obviously, they had the, they recovered the um, onside kick and then they ended up punting. So it kind of negated that kind of momentum, whereas it does feel like they start and maybe ETN has 35 yards in the first drive. Trevor Lawrence has a touchdown pass and 7-0. Chiefs get the ball back. Obviously, the Chiefs haven't played in like two and a half, well, two weeks that's when the game could become more fun, isn't it, I think? Whereas if it's like Chiefs start with the ball, they go 7 they up, it's like, ugh. If you're the neutral, you're a bit worried, I think, at, at that point. Um, you mentioned the red zone. So in terms of keys, you've got the Chiefs, who are the worst red zone defence in the league, and they are the best red zone offence in the league. And I feel like if you're the Jags, you kind of want that to stay true on defence for the Chiefs and then kind of see if you can affect it on offence. Because it just feels like if the Chiefs have a good day in the red zone defensively like they have the last three weeks the Jags could really struggle. But on the other hand, if the Chiefs just let them score every time, if you're the Jags and you're in the third, fourth quarter and you've got all these young uh, athletic pass rushers, you're just thinking, right, let's just get one sack in the red zone, hold them to three and see if Trevor can go down the other end and, and score seven. I just feel like that red zone battle is going to be crucial because I do think Trevor Lawrence is going to move the ball between the 20s. And I know the hopes is, isn't it? it? Makes, just if, kind of, if Jacksonville could kind of program it as like an algorithm, you would stick to the averages of letting the Chiefs be number one on offense, but number 32 on defense. Because yeah. also the Jags have been getting some explosive plays outside of the red zone recently as well, haven't they? Kind of longer passes in the last four weeks. So... Yeah, you take your chances at the averages there. And looking back to that game, obviously, Evan Engram has become such a weapon yeah. zone for him. And he was like non-existent in that Chiefs game. So I just think that they have the weapons there, Jacksonville, to uh, to make this a close game. But like you said, they, they've got to probably pay way beyond their means on defence, <laughs> haven't they? Yeah, I think their defence is the problem, isn't it? They're the worst team in the league at defending tight ends. <laughs> it seems like a problem with the Chiefs and then the worst team in the NF second worst team at defending slot wide receivers which is obviously where Juju Smith-Schuster lines up so it does feel like their defence is going to have to maybe change up the game plan you know come to the Chiefs with something they've not done all season because unless it's silly turnovers by the Chiefs themselves on that side of the ball I can't see the Jags doing much to stop the Chiefs getting to the, the red zone if you know what I mean I just feel like they're not good enough, are they, in the back end to stop the Chiefs, I don't think. I think they're going to need a bit of luck. Um, or maybe just a crazy game plan that, that the Chiefs aren't expecting, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when it comes down to this level of football, there is an element of luck that, that all teams need. You know, the, the Chiefs will, to win the Super Bowl, they will need a, a slice of luck somewhere down the line, won't we? So yeah. it's uh, definitely a really, really intriguing game, actually, this. It is. And I know we've mentioned it right at the start, but um, I do think Doug's going to go for, I won't say every fourth down, but I feel like he's going to go for any fourth down past his own 40. 
I just feel like that's going to be the way he tries to win the game. He's already talked about they need to steal a possession. They need to be aggressive. <laughs> All these words, that these buzzwords. That, um, that, and he's known for it, isn't he? In the playoffs, you'll know for the year you won the Super Bowl. How many fourth downs did you guys go for? You're going for every bloody drive, it felt like, at one point, didn't it? And towards yeah. those last two games. Yeah. So, um Aggressive yeah, we'll play calling in the NFC Championship game against the Vikings as well. That really, really like deep downfield passing. So you kind of never know what's going to come, do you? So he's he's not going to be overawed by going to Kansas City. I would say that. No, probably helps they've been there before, even though it's obviously in the middle of the season. But yeah. Uh, yeah, some key players for the game. Obviously, take the two quarterbacks out. We know they're key. I think Chris Jones for the Chiefs is key. He's been one of the best defenders in the league. Um, that Jags offensive line is pretty beat up. They're going to all play, but. They're pretty banged up from what I read. Um, it feels like Chris Jones will probably be trying to get after pressure. And uh, we did see what happens when Trevor Lawrence did get hit last week. That's when he did throw those. Um, he threw one pick under pressure and then he threw two that were pretty suspect passes that were uh, that were under pressure. So I think Chris Jones is a key for me. Um, on the other side, I think Josh Allen, the pass rush, is also key. I feel like he's going to be lined up against the Chiefs' right tackle, Andrew Wiley, who's a weak spot for the team. Uh, and I just feel like if they need to get pressure on Mahomes they had 19 pressures in the first game Mahomes touched the ground zero times I just don't think that can happen again so for me I think Chris Jones Josh Allen are key uh, and then I'm going to go both tight ends I think Evan Ingram and uh, and Travis Kelsey are going to be key I think they're two matchup nightmares I don't think the linebackers for either team can cover the opponent's tight end so I do feel like they're probably both in for, for big games um, any other players apart from those in the quarterbacks that you're going to be looking out for um, I see Christian Kirk I guess is probably another one yeah, but I'm going to go over to the Chiefs' offense and say Kadarius Tony. Oh, yes, has flashed, hasn't he? A, a, a lot of points. I feel like this is kind of like the X weapon for the Chiefs because you wouldn't expect him to have been on the roster 12 months ago because we know he is a talented player, but has had some issues. But for me, yeah, he's he's looked to, he's looked so dangerous at times. Obviously, Nicole Hardman, he's not going to play is he, in this game, so uh, no. I don't know if we'll see him all year now, to be honest. Yeah. That'd be my my guess. You know what Andy Reid's like? He says, like, oh, we'll see next week, day to day. But it doesn't feel like it. But yeah, you're right about Tony. They use him a lot in the red zone, which will be, uh, be key. And uh, yeah, we'll see. I've got a nice Tony ETN touchdown double bet that uh, we'll see. He might come in. But um, yeah, I'll probably wear my Tony uh, jumper that you made me, mate, just in preparation for the game. And then if he has a terrible first half, I can always flip to a Mahomes Super Bowl jersey just to make myself <laughs> feel better. We'll see. Reminisce on the good times. Exactly. Um, cool. Let's call the game then. So uh, we'll go spread and total. I'll go first for this one. You can go first for the for the Eagles game. Um, I'm going Chiefs minus eight and a half and over 52.5. So I wanted to go under 52.5. The Chiefs unders have hit at home like, I think, 11 of the last 16 games. But I just feel like if the Chiefs are going to cover eight and a half, the game probably has to go over. Because I do think the Jags will score, at least in garbage time, if it was a blowout. So um, I think it'll be closer than that. But I'm going to go Chiefs minus eight and a half over 52 and say the Chiefs win by, similar to last time, 10-ish points, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs and I'm going to go under. Um, I think Chiefs win by maybe 10 to 14 points in the second half. I'm expecting a game similar scoreline to the first which was 10 points but kind of felt more do you know what I mean it was one of those yeah. games so I'm expecting that so I'm going to go Chiefs and under yeah do you think this will be the worst game of the week then or still still could be entertaining obviously with the two quarterbacks yeah for a, for a neutral I mean not for I, 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 I hope not I hope we're not going to get a worst game to be okay, honest yeah. with you yeah nice uh, on to probably the only other candidate for potential worst game. <laughs> Giants at Eagles, your team. Um, do you want to guess the spread? Six and a half. Yeah, give you, you see, that's the NFC East bias there. Uh, seven and a half to the Eagles, seven. so over a touchdown. Uh, the total is 47.5, so um, higher than the last two times that these teams played. Uh, in terms of the keys for the game, obviously everyone's going to be talking about it. Jalen Hurts didn't look amazing in his last game. But they did run the ball a lot. He didn't throw it that much. So will the shoulder be healthy? Um, I think Lane Johnson's back, mate. Is that right? Yeah, he's going to be playing, yeah. Yeah, so he'll play. Again, how healthy is he? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, for me, in terms of initial just thoughts on the keys for the game, from my point of view as a neutral, both defensive lines, <laughs> I think, are pretty key. Uh, the Giants' defensive line have been incredible. Dexter Lawrence has been like the second best defensive tackle in the NFL all year. 
Uh, and we know the Eagles absolutely killed the league. I think they were 20, uh, there were 17 sacks ahead of the Chiefs. And the Eagles were first for sacks in the NFL and the Chiefs were second. <laughs> so that just shows the golf in, in pass rush. So for me, mate, I think both of these defensive lines are going to be important, not just for pass rush, but also can you stop the other quarterback from running? Because I do feel like both quarterbacks are going to be trying to run for those first downs. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, they, I do think the, the, the depth on the Eagles um, line has been absolutely incredible all season, to be honest. I mean, you look at like getting Robert Quinn over, he's, he's a real, on a real low snap count, to be honest with you. He's just, he's not really um, produced that much, but Hassan Reddick probably could have had three or four more snaps if he didn't drop into coverage so much as well. So, yeah, the line there is, is, is pretty fearsome on both teams. For me, I, I can't look past um, Hurts. No one actually knows. He's not even been on the injury report this week, which seems very odd to me. There's absolutely no way he's 100% um, healthy. So that's the that's the biggest worry. And if he's not 100% healthy and can't play like he played for the first 16 weeks of the season, um, I'm not sure that the Eagles um, can even win this game, to be honest. Oh. Yeah, no, I'm, be, I'm being, being serious. I don't think the Eagles um, go any further at all if he's not... Um, fully healthy, even with the line it, because his runs are so so important to set up yeah. the downfield passing they are so important yeah, I heard, what did I hear yesterday? Oh yeah, I heard someone um, talking about how to protect the shoulder, they might run him less and I was like mm, okay, but does the shoulder not, like if it does just, just say it hurts, I don't know how much it hurts, but just say it does hurt does it not feel odd that then it wouldn't hurt when he passes it? Like it's kind of like if you're going to play him and he's going to play, I'm not saying you just smash him into the line twenty times, but I do feel like they're not going to be able to really narrow that run game down a bit unless they get a big lead. Obviously, they can just run the running backs. But if it's a close game, I feel like he's going to be forced to run, isn't he? Just because of the style of play. Yeah, exactly. The the style of play that what what got the Eagles the number one seed in the <laughs> NFC was that style. You you don't really want to be changing the game plan. Uh, the divisional round all of a sudden, which may may or may not have to happen. So that's definitely the the biggest worry as a as a fan. And then when I'm looking at the keys to the game, and if I was betting and looking at that spread, then yeah. that would be the the biggest biggest concern, definitely. What's your biggest concern if you were a Giants fan? Would you say would it be obviously the Vikings have got one of the worst defenses in the league. And I guess would the concern be, it doesn't matter how good we looked on offense last week. Obviously the Eagles have really slowed them down the other two games, I guess, would their worry be, can we score enough points to keep, to keep this close? Yeah. What can we do really to get the weapons involved on the receiving side? Cause I think, you know, obviously there's so there's going to be only so much that you can do with Daniel Jones running and Saquon. So I think you've got to have the wide receivers step up this season uh, uh, in this game. The, the first game that the two teams played together, it's so, so weird that obviously this is the third game in this season between the two teams, but I don't feel like you can really judge much. Obviously, the, the game at the end of the season was a, a nothing game, really, even though the Eagles needed to win. The game before that, the game was over midway through the second quarter. Yeah, yeah the Eagles kind of blew and blew A lot of injuries as well, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. The Eagles blew the doors off in the first kind of 20 minutes and, and that was it. The game was over and the Eagles did, didn't did really play their real offence kind of the rest of the game. You know, the play calling would change. So it's like you don't actually know what this game looks like. But for me, got to get Hodgins, Slayton and Richie James. Of one of those three has certainly got to have an exceptional game, maybe the best of the season, to, to stand up. And I'm not sure how much time... That Jones is going to have in the pocket, but obviously we know he can kind of create outside of the pocket with his legs. So I'd be happy for him to be contained outside of the pocket, not running and throwing on the run. Is kind of a a, a key for us because I don't think that that's going to be his game, and we could see a few takeaways there or something yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah, I wonder if uh, we'll see. A, we'll see Brian Dable, I think. I know Sirianni's done great, but in terms of scheming, I do just trust him as one of the better ones in the NFL, Brian Dable. And I do wonder if we'll see like a play that traditionally the Giants have run. Because um, like last week, for example, Kenny Golladay, hell of a block. 
on two of the massive Saquon Barkley runs last week. I do feel like we could see it when they line up with one wide receiver, which is what was called a day in the blocking. And then the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs, the Giants fake it and they throw some 40, 50 yards to Golladay. You know, he's kind of been a joke all season. And I just feel like Dable's the type of guy that just knows these wide receivers are going to be covered tight and he needs a bit of an advantage. Can he scheme open a Golladay or can he play with uh, Matt Breida and a Saquon Barkley in the backfield together and get Saquon running up the seams? You know what I mean? I just feel like there's going to be a couple of tricks up their sleeve, aren't there? That's just the way they've ran their offense all year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, he's probably the coach of the year because when you still look at the names on the offensive side, you're like, Oof. <laughs> if you if you didn't see a game this season <laughs> at all and you saw those names against the Eagle, you'd be like, this could this could be a blowout here. But so it's uh, yeah, they've done done exceptional to be honest. I think uh, yeah, at the back wheel, the the wheel routes could be uh, dangerous, and I do like Matt Breeder as well. Actually, I think he's been pretty good for the Giants this season. Yeah, he's very quick as well, isn't he? Um, yeah. Good, good blocker as well. So they can run with Saquon. But um, yeah, I think they're going to do some some crazy things on on that side of the ball. I think Dayball will probably be like Doug Winnie as well, and probably go for a lot of fourth downs. Would probably be my guess. Um, be quite aggressive. I know the Eagles are aggressive on fourth down, aren't they? They go for it quite often when it's fourth and three or less. I think the Giants will probably do the same in this game. I'd assume. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would agree with you there. I think another key and what I'd hope as a Giants fan is you can kind of keep it close early I mean if you're going into half time you know kind of tied up that's 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 I mean the Eagles have been the best first half team in football it can be over with the Eagles at half time especially I think that is an that is an option for this game and potentially what could be the worst of the weekend I do think that if Hurts is somewhat healthy I do think that the doors can be kind of blown off early but I'm not sure that that's what I'm expecting, but uh, it, is, it is a potential outcome. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And my, my kind of other key would be, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but the Eagles are the second worst team in the NFL against rushing quarterbacks. So in terms of the pure run game, I think he had 17 carries last week, Daniel Jones, in terms of pure runs. And I know he's gonna. he always takes big hits. He's not a very good slider. I don't know if you've noticed this when you've played against him, but he's not a slider. He's a... I'll jump forward and get smashed like Josh Allen, <laughs> but obviously not as big as Josh Allen. Um, I think he's going to have to run a lot in some clever ways, some option plays, some scrambles, but kind of run to run, I'd say, rather than run to throw, because they want you to run to throw so Darius Slay can, can, can get those interceptions that he gets. But yeah, you're, you're quite bad against uh, option plays and you're quite bad against QB run plays, so I just feel like they're going to do a lot of that sort of thing. Um, and it also wouldn't surprise me if you had a couple of wildcat snaps as well, Saquon as the quarterback, but... Yeah, we'll see. Should be a fun game. The atmosphere is going to be crazy, isn't it, on there on, on Saturday? I feel like Saturday's two games, the crowds are going to be nuts just because of who the two teams are. The fans are very loud in Kansas City and Philadelphia, aren't they? Yeah, they are. It's, uh, it's going to be very interesting. I don't think I'd like to be a Giants fan, go to the game on my own, to be honest with you, with my jersey on. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be wearing neutral colours <laughs> stay quiet if I was them, but... Uh, yeah, Eagles fans can be quite lively. You might be the nicest Eagles fan, mate. We don't know. There's a, there's not many about if you believe uh, t- American Twitter in terms of Eagles mate, fans. I mean, I mean, I've been a few times, not been for a couple of years, but uh, yeah, it's certainly very interesting. You felt quite intimidated yourself, even though you've got a jersey on, do you know what I mean? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with your English accent. It's like, yeah. uh, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be here or not, but... <laughs> Uh, cool, let's pick the game then. Why don't you go first, mate? What are you doing? Uh, so the spread was 7.5 and, and the total was 47.5. I'm going, uh, give me the Eagles and give me over. Ooh. I like it. Um, I'm going similar in terms of the over. I'm going to go Giants plus 7.5 and I'm also going for the over. I do feel like the Giants are going to cover. Uh, sorry, yeah, if the, Giants, if the Eagles are going to cover, it's definitely going to go over. But I feel like even if the Giants cover... I still think the game could be maybe 50 points, 52 points. I don't think it'll be like a 60-point shootout, but I do feel like it's going to go over that total. Um, I just feel like both coaches are so aggressive on fourth down, we're going to see a lot of drives and we'll see a lot of snaps. I feel like this game could be quite close as well. uh, Sorry, quite quick. Because if both teams are going to run the ball that much, this game could be a nice uh, two-hour, 45 minutes for you, mate, as you watch it at 1am whenever it starts. (laughs) That that would be very nice, yeah. (laughs) We'll see. Um, on to Sunday then, I guess the main candidate probably for, I guess, Bills Chiefs part two for this season would be the Bengals at the Bills. Kind of 
a rematch of that three-drive game with the um, tragic Demar Hamlin issue. The Bills are favoured. Or actually, you guess. Obviously, we know they're favoured anyway. But yeah, you guess what the spread is. Three and a half. It is five and a half. Wow, is it? It is five and a half. It started at four. It's been bet all the way to five and a half because of those O-line issues. Uh, the total is 48.5, so only one point higher than the Giants game. So I can probably tell you where we're both going to go on the total before we even started. But um, yeah, there's, there's some big keys. We'll go through them now. But I guess for me, everyone's going to talk about it. So we'll talk about it first. That Bengals offensive line, they've now lost three starters. One of their other starters has not been good all season. And then the other starter... Uh, is Ted Karras the, 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 uh, the centre who's been very good. So, um, yeah, basically down three offensive linemen. The fourth isn't very good, and the backups are either the same guys that played in the Super Bowl last year or worse than in terms of uh, Carmen playing left tackle. So I think that's a big key. And then I guess the other key that everyone will be talking about is Josh Allen and will he stop throwing interceptions. Um, we'll start on those two points, mate. How do you think those two things are going to hold up? We'll start with the... Bengals offensive line first. Well, the Bengals offensive line, obviously, it's not great. They have they improved it during the off season, didn't they? But obviously, it's regressing with the injuries. We have seen them kind of get to the Super Bowl with Burrow getting absolutely smashed beyond belief. And I mean, I can't remember one of the games. It was a ridiculous sack count. I can't remember. I'm sure it was near double digits against Tennessee. Nine sacks against the Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah nine sacks. So it was. We've kind of seen them do it before. Obviously, it's going to be an issue. Buffalo does have a good pass rush. Nice for the Bengals. Obviously, Von Miller is he's not going to be on it. But, um, yeah, I do feel that's obviously going to be a massive issue. Could cause the ball to need to come out quicker and may not help with the run game because I still feel like the Bengals need to get Joe Mixon involved. I thought he was great in the playoffs last year, especially against the Chiefs. You remember the Chiefs game in the second half? Joe Mixon was awesome in that game, converted a lot of important kind of first downs. So that's important. On the other side, Josh Allen, quite, not quite sure what to say about him. He, if he plays mistake-free football, um, maybe the Bills have um, toned down their play calling because I don't think he's going to stop throwing interceptions because they're just kind of pushing the ball all the time and just put, trying to put it into tight windows. So... I don't know, mate. I'm not quite sure what to make of Josh Allen this season. I was expecting, I'm pretty sure I called him in our um, predictions the MVP, but he never kind of got anywhere near that level, did he? So, I think it, there's a lot of people who's voting him second, though, from what I'm reading. I'm not having that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people voting him for second or third at worst. So that's kind of near. But yeah, you're right. You did pick him to win it. And uh, yeah, he wasn't favourite since like week three, I don't think. Um, no, no. Just so many turnovers and inconsistent plays for him. Yeah, I don't know if it's a weird game. I think this because on paper it's great, and I felt like three weeks ago I was picking the Bengals, pretty much no doubt to win the game, not the spread to win the game. And I do feel like then the Bills got a little bit better for a couple of weeks, and it's like okay, right, they're back. Then the Bengals obviously went on a big win streak. The Bills had a couple of dodgy games. Then the Bills had some more injuries. Josh Allen got worse. But then the Bengals lost the offensive line. I feel like the whole game's been kind of back and forth. I'm, trying, offen- to, I'm trying to also ignore that both, obviously both won last week, but both kind of came through ugly, ugly, two ugly performances to win against kind of lesser division rivals with backup quarterbacks playing. So I, I, I'm hoping this is going to kind of live up to the billing and uh, Burrow and Allen are both kind of firing like uh, last year's game with the Chiefs and the Bills. So yeah, I, I do feel really like there's a chance. Which way to go. I do feel there's a chance this game could go under. I'm not going to pick it, but so I do, do I. Like it could actually, go under. so do I. I was I was really thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think some that's the way they play. So in terms of both offenses, you've got the Bengals who are now. We saw last week they're going to have to get the ball out really quick, so it's going to be a lot more shorter passing, longer drives, run the ball a little bit more. But they're not very good at that, so it has to be short passes, which Burrow's very very good at. But that means the game's going to be quicker, the drives are going to be longer, and their chance to score, especially if they struggle in the red zone, as a team that doesn't go for it on fourth down very much, that that could lead to less points. And then from a Bills perspective, Josh Allen is just throwing every pass. 50 yards down the field so if he connects on a couple of them they'll probably score 14 points pretty quick but if there's a couple of drops misses penalties whatever 
then those drives just die immediately, don't they, when you start doing that? Because you never get beyond the sticks. You're always on third and ten on every single one. And you know what Lou Anarumo is like as coach for the Bengals for DC? He'll have some special blitzes and special packages drawn up just for Josh. So, um, yeah, I do feel like there's a chance it could go under. I'm not going to go for it because I want it to be a crazy game, but I do feel like there's a chance. In terms of just going back to your Bengals offensive line point, um, I don't know if you know this, but since Vaughn's been out, the Bills are the third worst team in the NFL in terms of pass rush unless they rush six players. So not even five players. They have to rush six. That would worry me against Joe Burrow, mate. Like if you blitz Joe Burrow, that's when, as long as the offensive line doesn't even need to hold up, it just needs to not get a free rusher. As long as it doesn't give up a free rusher, he's going to just get the ball out quick to one of these wide receivers in space and just see what they can do, I think. Yeah, I mean, when you've got Chase, Higgins and Tyler Boyd, that is a great options to have there, isn't it? I didn't know that stat about Buffalo. That's very yeah, only cool. since Von Miller. They were number one before he went down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, so, so, so obviously it's a massive shame for the Bills because we're, I have, to be fair, said in the last kind of two end of seasons on here that what they need is kind of an elite pass rush and then they kind of... Challenge the Chiefs. You remember the Chiefs AFC title game wasn't even a game, was it? So it was kind of that's where they needed the improvement, and they got that. And it's yeah, it's just a shame about the injury, but kind of you can't, can't do anything about that now, can you? <laughs> no, no. As a Chiefs so. fan, I'm very upset. I wish Bob was healthy. <laughs> I really wish he was. Um, yeah, in terms of other keys for the game, I don't. The Bills can run the ball probably a little bit better than the Bengals, but. We haven't really seen it in the last four or five weeks, but I do feel like this could be a Josh Allen 70-yard, 80-yard run performance. I think they've been saving it a little bit, haven't they? And I just do feel like that if he can't throw the ball long, he's going to tuck it and run non-stop in this game. Yeah, and if that game doesn't come next week, uh, this week, sorry, and they win, I'm fully expecting it to be next week. Because <laughs> it's, for me, it's kind of like one of the best strategies in the NFL. Actual per team game plan because I've not seen the team be able to stop it. So it's kind of like, I know you don't want to be pulling it out kind of 17 weeks a season, but one week a year, it, it kind of feels like it could be uh, ready for that uh, kind of play. So stopping like it... interceptions anyway, if you keep it running, <laughs> won't it? So... Yeah, well, I think, uh, do you know, this year he leads the league in uh, interceptions and fumbles combined with 30. Yeah, crazy number. Yeah, bear in mind they only played, this was before, oh no, I can't remember if this was before or after that game, but they played one less game than everyone else and they still led the league in that. That is, yeah, that is a crazy number. Um, which quarterback would you take if you had a, if you started your own franchise, it was the um, the Blackburn Bulls, some billionaire set an NFL team up in Blackburn. Who would you pick as your quarterback if these were the, the best two you could pick from? Would you pick Joe and that kind of intelligence of reading the defence and just being a cold killer or would you pick Josh Allen and the alien like kind of I guess body but maybe not quite as good at reading defences and making good decisions even though he's been to the Super Bowl uh, I do really like Joe Burrow I think if you pressed me I would pick Josh Allen because I think he could be better on a bad team if you get me if I was starting there I think that's where I'd go I love the athleticism I love being able to kind of use him in the run game as a weapon and not as yeah. like a, a plan C. That can be a plan A on a full drive if that's what you want it to be. And I've not seen anyone stop it yet. No, yeah, I agree. And I just don't, not always talk about uh, Patrick Mahomes, but I think if Mahomes and Allen had uh, Boyd, Higgins and Chase, then I just don't feel like those teams lose a game <laughs> all but season. You forget it, mate, if, they, if that's what they had around them. Yeah, I think that's the that's maybe the key difference there. But um, yeah, Joe Burrow has definitely proved he's one of the coldest guys. Makes very little mistakes. That's the issue with the Bengals is the Bills make a lot of errors in the moment. The Bengals do not. They do not have special teams issues. They do not give up massive plays on defense. They do not fumble the ball on offense. All these things they're very good at. So I feel like the Bills are probably going to have to play a a pretty uh, a pretty kind of clean game. I think to to win this one. Um, in all my group chats, people have been saying, if you're the Chiefs, who do you want to play? Or if you're the Jags, whichever one. Uh, what would your answer be? If just say the Chiefs beat the Jags, who do you think they would want to play? That often tells a lot about what you think about these two teams. Um, obviously, one would be at home for the Chiefs and one would be in Atlanta. Well, so obviously, you'd like the Bengals at home, wouldn't you? I think I'd choose the Bengals anyway. But yeah. for me, I feel like we're destined 
for another for another match. I think that's what I want to be on it. I think that's me pushing my agenda. I want the, <laughs> I want that rematch on a, a neutral site in Atlanta. It just feels like it could be forty five to forty four. So it's uh, yeah. I'd like that game. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to see go on the Bengals. Uh, because obviously, if the, if it's the Chiefs, it, it's going to be an incredible game and a big rematch, whatever happens of the True. playoffs of like the last years. But I kind of I get bored with some kind of like um, media narratives during the week on the pods or on like any kind of articles of saying, oh, you know, the Bengals have got the Chiefs number. I don't think I can be asked to listen to that. For a week. <laughs> So You're telling so, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I want to play the Bengals, but I think that's my narrative as well. In terms of, it, do you know I mean, if you told me now the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, like in the future, this season, what's the best path? The best path is of smashing the Jags, beating the Bengals, and then beating the Cowboys. Like in terms of like, what's the funnest way to win a Super Bowl? That is it. Do you know what I mean? Just because to get that revenge on the Bengals is a lot more sweet. Um, but I know a lot of Chiefs fans feel the same about the Bills, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I think I probably agree with you. Uh, I, I will add that if it's the Bills, how much are we going to hear about the bloody overtime rules, though? I can promise you that. If it's oh, Chiefs. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, by the way, I think if the Bills lose in overtime this week, it's going to be sick. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Uh, right, let's pick the game. I think I know where you're leaning after your, uh, your comments. I'll go first. I'm going to go Bengals plus five and a half. Um, I just think. It's a lot of points for a team that I think are quite similarly matched up. Um, and they looked good on offense last time, even though their offensive line was a bit healthier. So I'll go Bengals plus five and a half. I, I'm toying with the under, to be honest, but I've written down the over 48 and a half. So I'm going to stick with this from my gut from earlier. I'm going to go Bengals and the over. What about you? Yeah, I have to join you on both. You, I, you can't pick anything else apart from uh, the Bengals there, can you? It's, it's too many points for a good team. So, And I'm going to, I, I was really, really tempted with the under. I can see it actually, but uh, I'll go the over and let's hope we get a bit of a shootout. But you think the Bills win the game? I think the Bills win the game, yeah. Yeah, it's by less than five and a half, basically. Yeah. Nice. Um, cool. Last game, then. This could be the team that your team would play in the NFC title game if you beat the Giants. Cowboys at the 49ers. Um, what do you think the spread is? Five and a half. It's three and a half. It's the closest of the week. Wow. So a, lot of cow- a lot of Cowboys betters after that win against Tampa Bay last week. And the total is also actually the lowest of the week. So it's 45.5, so it's lower. Obviously, you've got Brock Purdy. You've probably got the best two defences, I'd say, because the Giants' secondary is terrible. Uh, and the Bills, obviously, pass rush has lost some, some, well, a key weapon. So I think this is probably the two best defences left um, facing off against each other. So I think that's probably why the total is low. Um, Dak Prescott had the game of his life. is actually like the 10th best game of the whole season by EPA per play. So an incredible season uh, game for him. Um, Brock Purdy played awful in the first half, but second half made a couple of like three probably really nice flow, throws and then obviously hit the open receivers that Kyle gave him. Um, and I just find this one fascinating, mate, because I don't know what you feel like for the podcast you listen to, but I listen to a lot that love Dak. They're like top five quarterback, top six, top seven, that sort of range. And I listen to some where they think he's terrible. He's like Kirk Cousins. So uh, it feels like America's kind of split on him. And then in terms of Brock Purdy, the amount of people, I don't know if you listen to the Bill Simmons podcast, which is probably not the most intelligent one to listen to, but um, they are just talking like, could he be the next Brady? Not in terms of performance, but in terms of like winning a starter's job, being a starter for a long time. I'm like, come on, we have to realise how much of this is the other players and the coach, even though he's done well. Where do you sit on these two quarterbacks? Do you think they're going to be the ones to win their teams a game, or is it going to be other people with how good these defences and uh, skill players are? I, th- I do think that Prescott is criminally underrated yeah i agree i think that that's where uh, i sit on 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 dak he, he's never really in the conversations is he i mean he was i heard the epa uh, per play start as well from from the athletic this week and i just thought he was absolutely awesome against the books i know i i'm not been eye on the books all year but yeah come out and play like that it was it was incredible i know he can kind of have the opposite type of game but for me, when you can pull in a performance like that, I think that does give you a massive chance against 
everyone's uh, Super Bowl winners already. It seems the <laughs> 49ers. So people uh, people are really buzzing about them. Are, are they the team that are these? I know the Jack. No offense to Jack the Giants, but they don't get a lot of hype. But in terms of winning the Super Bowl and the stuff you listen to and you read, is that the team that's come out more than anything? Would you say then? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I saw someone the other day, a big media person, say that they think this is the best offensive weapons ever in the NFL, and I just think that's absolutely laughable, to be honest with you. I don't know, ever. I know it, I know they've got a great core, but... Uh, let's also know, it might, It's up there, I think. I'd have to it, go back and look. But. Yeah, maybe right now, I would say, yeah, but, I mean, you take the head coach out of there, I don't think it kind of looks anything like it with a seventh-round rookie at quarterback, who is obviously playing well above his grade, isn't he, a seventh round, but... Uh, yeah. Let's not forget that Jimmy Garoppolo also took this team to a Super Bowl. So yeah, hey, but he's not as good as Mister Relevant, mate. Come on, you've seen <laughs> you've seen these slides in the pocket where he throws it five yards to running back. Like that's, <laughs> that's what we need to see. But yeah, no, I know what you're saying. But um, on the other side, though, we are talking about absolute superstars in terms of probably the high. I I like Chris Jones as well, obviously for it, and I think um, Dexter Lawrence is probably up there. But the top two vote getters for DP. Oh, why this year is going to be Michael Parsons and Nick Bosa. They're obviously playing against each other this week. It just feels like those two players, outside of the, obviously the quarterbacks, and we all know what McCaffrey can do, we all know what CeeDee Lamb can do, but outside of those kind of star offensive players, it just feels like those two pass rushers could win their team the game with how good they can be in a one-off game situation. Yeah, I would agree with you there. And just... Obviously, I don't like to keep repeating what like some other people have said. And obviously, if if you're against kind of Purdy or whatever, you've not seen him against an elite defense. I mean, you can't create your own schedule, can you? It was only kind of he's only played what is in front of him. So, but this is obviously the best defense he will have ever faced in his life. And if if the Cowboys can get through that line often and a lot, I think it, it's going to be really really interesting because obviously the going to run a lot of check downs, a lot of screens anyway, but if the Cowboys can get through on obvious passing downs then I think the Cowboys can definitely win this game I really do, I, I just have a feeling about that, I thought Dallas were uh, one of the best teams all year which obviously kind of frightens, <laughs> frightens you as an Eagles fan, I don't know whether I'd prefer the Eagles to lose to the Giants if you were going to tell me that they weren't going to make the Super Bowl but it's I like the I kind of like Dallas in this game, but the pass rush <laughs> has to win. If it, yeah, it does, if it doesn't, I don't think any hope. No, and talking about that pass rush as well, a bit of an interesting one. In the first, uh, oh no, they haven't played each other this season, have they? But I can't remember who it was now. Maybe it was last season. They moved. Oh, it was last season. They moved in the playoff. They moved Mike Parsons to play off-ball linebacker in the playoffs because we kind of forget they. This is the team that knocked them out last year with that awful. You know when they ran yeah, out of time slide. when they tried yeah. yeah, that was a joke. Um, they played Michael Parsons as off-ball linebacker, and he basically covered Debo, kind of running out of the slot, out of the backfield. Um, and they didn't really pass rush him that much. I think that's a massive mistake. I just think he's such a good pass rusher. Just don't play him at linebacker. You know your linebacker's going to get killed. That's fine. That, that's you kind of poison you're going to have to live with. I think you want him to rush the passer, Rock Purdy, as much as possible, hit him as much as possible, and just see if you can cause hell. Because Mike Parsons could easily finish this game with three sacks, a forced fumble, and two tip passes that win you the game. Um, and for me, mate, I just think he should just rush the passer all day. No snaps at linebacker. Just him and Dex, De- not Dexter Lawrence, sorry, Demarcus uh, Lawrence, just rush the passer uh, the whole game. I wouldn't put him at a snap, I don't think, at linebacker. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, if you remember back to that game, it was absolutely mental, wasn't it? It was an interesting game. I would say both teams are um, better equipped to handle a playoff game this season. If you go back and I watched the highlights earlier this week, it's, it wasn't actually that pretty a game. To no, it was crazy. Debo was good, wasn't he, if I remember right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, Debo was amazing last year in the playoffs. So anything kind of you can get that from him this year. But yeah, I'd kind of like to... Parsons, you just got to let him go and do what he's best at, haven't you, and be around the ball. So, and hopefully DeMarcus Lawrence can kind of win as many battles kind of the other end. And Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. And also you can put whichever pass rusher you don't want, <laughs> no offence, whoever's your worst pass rusher, <laughs> you can put him on Trent Williams, can't you? Because you know Trent Williams is going to 
win that rep no matter what. Maybe you're not against Parsons all the time, but against a lot of people. So I just feel like you just line Parsons and Lawrence up on the other side of the line, don't you? Put one at DT, one at um, defensive end to rush the right tackle, and then you just go at Purdy all day, and then you put your best run defenders on the other side against Trent Williams. I just feel like that's a logical thing to do. But Mike McCarthy, may, if he has some influence, might make a non-logical decision. But Dan Quinn, their DC, I think is one of the probably most trusted DCs in the game when it comes to one-off game plans. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you there. It's uh, it's it's got to be the game of the week for me. I think it is the game of the weekend. You know, even above. Um, <laughs> It'll be the most watched watch game, by the way, for sure. Oh yeah, they, I mean, and, and my God, mate, if the Cowboys make it to the NFC Championship game, I don't even know what the uh, ratings would be there. So, what about Mahomes Cowboys Super Bowl? <sighs> Can't yeah. even imagine that. He was a Cowboys fan as a kid anyway, but I'm jumping ahead of myself. We haven't even beat the Jags yet. What am I talking about? Um, <laughs> yeah, another thing for this game is, I was going to mention the last thing was run game. Um, I do feel like the 49ers are going to get the run game going. They always do. Uh, I do feel like the Cowboys probably need to get it going just to give Dak and the offensive line a bit of a break. It does feel like Jason Peters is going to be out for this game, so Tyler Smith might start at left tackle. Obviously, he's a rookie that struggles in pass protection. Um, I still probably play Tyron Smith at left tackle. The fact he's a Hall of Famer <laughs> and he's not a right tackle, but they keep doing it this way. Um, I just feel like they need to get the run game going enough just to give that offensive line a bit of a break because the 49ers are going to keep sending pass rushes at you all day long because they've got seven good pass rushes. So for me, mate, I'm not really sure about the 49ers. They'll need to get the run game going just because of who the QB is. But I feel like for the Cowboys... They need to do that. And they played Pollard more than Zeke last week. And I just feel like that trend is probably going to continue if they want to win this game. Uh, it has to continue. You have to give Tony Pollard uh, more snaps. On the 49ers running game, wasn't... Take out the massive... I think it was 65-yard McCaffrey. Yeah, it was, yeah. They were only pretty average last week against the Seahawks. But it's kind of... They pulled away in the second half of the past game. So if Dallas can kind of keep it to that level and make them win through the air... Yeah, there's definitely a chance. But if you start getting your intermediate routes open with McCaffrey, Samuel, Ayu, Kittle, you know, your your kind of 15 to 25 yard gains that they've been getting so often in the last six weeks. If that that starts humming for the 49ers, then it it could be um, game over. I don't think anybody's uh, kind of defensive setup can, can handle that. No, that's when you get into pure shootout territory, isn't it? And who who doesn't have a red zone field goal when when those sort of things happen? But uh, yeah, it should be a fun game. Um, this will be the only game I probably don't watch live, but on Monday morning I'll uh, look forward to seeing who wins. Um, let's pick it then. Why don't you go first, mate? Since it's your division rivals, what are you going for? The spread was three and a half and forty five point five total. I've got to go the. I'm going to go forty ers and I'm going to go over. I do think it's going to be a close game, but I just think the talent level of the 49ers, including the head coach battle, sways me towards the 49ers. I feel, I feel like McCarthy would have to be absolutely millimetre perfect in his game management. Yeah. No, I, we slated Zach Taylor, I did a lot last season. Some, but I feel like he's been better this year. So I feel like for me, this game is the biggest gap in head coaching talent between... McCarthy and uh, Shanahan. So, yeah, I think that's a good shout. Um, I'm with you on the over. I've gone over 45.5 as well, but I am going with your rivals. I've gone for the Cowboys plus 3.5. They can still lose the game, obviously, and uh, win this bet if it's by a field goal. Um, But for me, yeah, I don't know why. I've just been saying for the last three, we've both been saying it for four weeks, it feels like, but Purdy, I feel like it's going to have a disaster. (laughs) So I'm probably just going to keep picking against him until he does. Uh, And I just feel like Parsons after the year he's had, then he didn't get picked for that one all-pro team. He didn't get picked in his players' pro team. It just feels like that he's out for a bit of a a big end to the season. I feel like he could have, like I said, a forced fumble, three sacks, three bad passes, and they could win the game by, uh, I don't know, a couple of, maybe a field goal or a touchdown. We'll see. Uh, I wouldn't fancy a field goal after last weekend's debacle with the extra points. Um, did you see they brought in another kicker as well? So that's only going to build his confidence up if he ends up getting picked to kick and they've just had another kicker come in all week. Yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think if the Eagles do win on Saturday night, and obviously I'm going to stay up to watch this game, I actually want 
the Cowboys to win. I just think Eagles-Cowboys NFC Championship game. Man, I've been dreaming about that forever. <laughs> so you better win as well. So. That's it. Let's see. I definitely don't want a Giants Cowboys one. I can tell you that for sure. No, I wouldn't. Giants Forty ers might be more fun, but yeah, I'm not sure about that. any kind of Giants NFC championship. <laughs> yeah, not for you, obviously. Yeah, well, that's, uh... <laughs> we'll see. Um, nice, cool. Um, we'll be back uh, probably Monday. I would assume to talk about these games, have a brief look ahead towards uh, Championship weekend next weekend. Then th- this time next week, we'll come back and. Uh, and preview those two games and talk about any of the head coaches that have maybe been hired since uh, since this recording. Um, go follow us on Twitter at Go4Two-Pod, two being the number two. Go follow Patrick at MuggsNFL. Uh, enjoy a very, very good weekend of football, and we will speak to you soon. Yeah, I'll speak to you on Monday, everyone.